raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. WTOC AM, W236CR, Indianapolis. Keeping you informed with what's happening in and around Indy. It's Community Connection, brought to you by Child's Advocates. Your voice, their future, on Praise AM 1310, 95.1 FM. And good afternoon and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Tina Cosby. Today is Wednesday, September the 13th. Uh, more Circle City Classics to give away today. Your chance to win two of them is right now. All you have to do is text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890. Again, text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890. If you win, you'll get a pair of tickets to the Circle City Classic football game featuring Mississippi Valley State University and North Carolina Central University Saturday, September 23rd at Lucas Oil Stadium starting at 3 p.m. Tickets for Classic are on sale at Lucas Oil and at Ticketmaster.com. But we wish you good luck in your uh, text to win. Again, um, text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890 for your chance to win two tickets to the Circle City Classic. Um, I'm going to apologize for my voice right now, and I'll do the best that I can. Won't be with it long, though, and I'll tell you more about that later. But anyway, um, as we uh, as we continue and as we promised, the race uh, for the mayor of the city of Indianapolis, as you know, is very well underway. Uh, two weeks ago, you had the chance to meet the GOP mayoral challenger, Jefferson Shreve. Today, uh, you're going to have the opportunity to hear from the incumbent, the mayor of Indianapolis, Democrat Joe Hoxett, who is seeking a third term. As with candidate Shreve, we want you to have the opportunity to speak with Mayor Hoxett. We will take your questions shortly. So please make sure when your call is answered that what you have to say is in the form of a question. Uh, that way we can conserve time. And we can certainly get more folks in who want to speak with the mayor. Don't mind tough questions um, or controversial ones. Uh, good questions. You know, those those things are encouraged. But please remember, we are having a conversation. We're not having a confrontation, a, a conversation. So uh, conversations, even difficult ones, are far more productive. Uh, and the point today, as was the point two weeks ago with Jefferson Shreve, is that you learn where the candidate stands on issues of importance to you uh, the voters. So again, uh, your chance to speak with the mayor is coming up shortly. 317-239-1310. 317-239-1310. Let's bring him in now. Mr. Mayor, uh, welcome back. How are you today? Fine, Tina. How are you? What's uh, what's up with the voice? I wish I knew. I it, it's, it's one of those things, and we've all had them all of our life, you know, throughout life. There's no, there's no illness, no sickness, no anything. It just uh, it might be a change of the weather, might be allergies, I don't know. But the uh, funny thing, uh, Mayor, the, uh, I talked to my doctor, and she said, well, just don't talk for 24 hours. I'm like, okay. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I, I had a little frog in my throat a couple weeks ago, but hopefully it's, it, 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 the voice is back. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird, isn't it? It just kind of pops up out of nowhere. So, Right. Uh, right. So, Mayor, happy to have you back with us. Um, and, you know, let, let's just get right to it. Uh, yeah. Why are you seeking a 
third term for mayor of the city of Indianapolis? Well, in no small measure, Tina, uh, the last four years, the, per, perhaps the entirety of the second term in office was uh, profoundly impacted, not just here in the city of Indianapolis, but the globe by mm-hmm. the global pandemic. Yeah. Um, and while fortunately mm-hmm. the city of Indianapolis really didn't have uh, any significant projects that were completely abandoned or denied. Uh, most were delayed. I think the most um, obvious of uh, which was uh, just a month or two ago, mm-hmm. we literally had a groundbreaking over at Pan Am Plaza for expansion of the convention center mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. building of the Hilton Signia Hotel on that, adding a convention center hotel. But my point is this. We just broke ground on that in 20, late 2023. Mm-hmm. And in fact, that uh, at least the RFP for that project mm-hmm. went out in 2018. So there's a good example of a project that we put a lot of time, energy, and effort particularly throughout the first term, Mm -hmm. that for a lot of different reasons, the global pandemic being the most important, but, you know, uh, the rise in interest rates, supply chain delays. Mm -hmm. um, I just want the opportunity, and that's just an example of one, Mm -hmm. I want the opportunity to complete those projects. And I think uh, if the people of the city of Indianapolis uh, would be uh, supportive of a third term. Uh, I think we could make some incredible progress yeah. throughout the downtown and throughout the city in all neighborhoods. And then I'd be uh, have committed that this would be a third and final term. Okay. Also a third and final. So you would not seek a, a another term after this one. No. Huh? Yeah, okay. Although, as you, as most of your uh, listeners, if not all of them, know, uh, because of the popularity of Bill Hudnut, our former mayor, um, the term limits for mayor of Indianapolis were lifted. Uh, mm-hmm. And as you, as many of your uh, listeners remember, Mayor Hudnut served four terms. Um, so there is no term limit. No, there's no term. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's a self-imposed limit that I have made. So, okay. That's a, uh, if given the opportunity, this would be my third and final term. So, Mayor, you, you've you've addressed why you would want to, to seek a third and final term that we found out just moments ago uh, for mayor. What would you say to voters out there as to why they should give you a third term in office? Well, I think that the priorities of this administration have been consistent uh, throughout uh, both terms. Um, public safety uh, is top of mind uh, for uh, residents not just here in the city of Indianapolis, but frankly in major urban areas throughout the, the country. Uh, and we have made uh, historic investments um, in uh, public safety to make sure that uh, that the, the, um, the, the incidents of gun violence that all too often occur in our city uh, subside and hopefully one day may very well be uh, eliminated. But also the the uh, the historic investments that we've been making in infrastructure, um, uh, the the emphasis that we put on diversity, inclusivity, and and welcome. Uh, these are these are top priorities for our city. And just uh, coincidentally, and, and I know you know, uh, Tina. Earlier um, in August, uh, I introduced a 1.5 billion dollar budget. 
that is currently being deliberated by the city county council. It's the largest budget in the history of the mm-hmm. city of Indianapolis, and I'm proud to report that it's the seventh straight balanced budget uh, for our city. And so I think that uh, our record on fiscal stewardship has really improved uh, Indianapolis's position vis-a-vis our peer, peer mm-hmm. cities. Uh, and in fact, the council was able to provide property taxpayers, uh, or at least 90% of homeowner uh, property taxpayers with a little bit of a tax break. Uh, not only do yeah. I have a record of, of standing against any tax increases, the city county council was actually uh, able to provide property taxpayers, or at least 90% of them, with a, with a reduction in their May uh, property taxes. So I think uh, the combination of all the, the importance of all those issues, the type of leadership that I've tried to bring uh, to the city, uh, the type of um, mayor I've tried to be by getting in and into the community as often as I possibly can. Last Saturday alone, I think I had 10 or 11 stops throughout the city of Indianapolis. So whether people uh, support me or whether they don't support me, I don't think that, that an argument can be made that, that I'm not accessible. I may very well be one of the most accessible mayors that the residents of the city of Indianapolis has ever had. And that's exactly the kind of mayor that I would continue to be for four more years if elected. Yeah, uh, and mayor, quite quite a few accomplishments in, in, in the last eight years. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but at the top of uh, a lot of listener concerns um, over the weeks and months and actually years that, that, that we've been here doing this show, food desert streets, uh, roads, potholes, uh, road construction, uh, and, and crime remain uh, top of mind uh, in issues. What would you say to voters in terms of, of what the plan uh, going ahead for those issues are if you are given uh, an opportunity to serve a third term? Yeah, and I'll try to be succinct, Tina. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's clear that the pandemic changed things, uh, particularly as it relates to gun violence uh, in the city of Indianapolis. Change in state law uh, has not helped either, uh, but India is not alone. The entire country has seen it. And when the statistics began to uh, increase uh, in 2020 and 2021, the beginning of the global pandemic, Mm -hmm. we responded by making historic investments Uh, in public safety. This year is the largest public safety budget in our city's history. It includes funding to expand a clinician-led community response program, uh, first in our East District uh, with uh, 24-7 staffing. Uh, the, The public safety budget makes gun violence reduction strategy with our Peacemakers program a permanent program in our annual budget. And it also uh, adds funding to uh, reach uh, 60 beds at our assessment and intervention center uh, on the community justice campus. The result of all of that, um, Tina, murders uh, in the city of Indianapolis decreased by 16% last year. We are currently on track this year to be down double digits. Uh, Other categories are down. Non-fatal shootings are down 6.4%. Robberies are down nearly 4%. Aggravated assaults are down 8.2%. All violent crime is down 8.4%. So 
while we still have uh, commitments uh, to the community to make it even safer, the numbers are moving and trending in the right direction in public safety. As it relates to infrastructure, increased funding for capital projects mm-hmm. uh, as we enter the second year of our five-year, nearly $1.2 billion infrastructure plan. Now, this fiscal package this year includes $25 million in funding for residential streets, uh, announced uh, when I proposed the budget. And that means that over the last three years, the City County Council uh, has authorized over $100 million for residential road repair. Like potholes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and uh, I, I guess the distinction that I think your uh, listeners uh, appreciate, but needs to be reemphasized, is when the when the road funding formula uh, provided by the state of Indiana uh, really uh, shorts Indianapolis considerably more because of its dense population and because of its traffic. Um, we have to make up those uh, those shortages uh, in other ways, and uh, there's no question that the bulk of our annual infrastructure budget goes to our major thoroughfares. That's why I'm emphasizing that this year, $25 million has been set aside in this budget, if it pass, passes, for residential road repair, neighborhood streets. Um, there's even $2 million in the budget for uh, repair of alleyways, which I think is the first time, at least in my memory, that any money has been alley- yeah. for alley- alleys. Yeah, and that's that's so, long been a concern, is, yeah, is so, what's going so on with the we're, alleys. Mm-hmm. We're, if this budget passes, and I trust it will, mm-hmm. uh, we really are making historic investments uh, in infrastructure, and we will continue to work with the state legislature to have a, uh, a change, a uh, proposed yeah. uh, solution to this road funding formula from from the state. Yeah. It's not going to be done overnight, but we're committed to do it. We made progress in the last session, getting about an additional 8 to $10 million mm-hmm. uh, out of the, the state's budget for uh, road repair uh, here in the city of Indianapolis, but we still have a ways to go in that regard, too. 317-239-1310, 317-239-1310. Uh, current uh, incumbent, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hoxett is our guest. Um, he's asking for your vote. He's uh, running for re-election uh, for a third, and as we just learned a few moments ago, third and final term if he is re-elected uh, to be the mayor uh, for your city of Indianapolis. Uh, again, just a reminder, uh, we ask that you ask a question uh, so that we can get to as many callers as possible. The mayor's time is limited, uh, but we do want to help and get to as many uh, potential voters uh, as possible. So let's let's get started. Uh, San, go ahead. You have a question for the mayor? Yes, quick question. I'm going to vote for you. Uh, there was a uh, when you had on TV the things that you were going to do. Enough is enough. You were going to um, uh, you were going to you you couldn't get in Marion County. You couldn't get a gun permit unless you were 21. You were outlawing the the. Yes, his his gun his his gun reform questions. And yes, then, and then the Republicans in the state shot you down. This is what you need to be telling people in your ass what you had planned to specifically what you were going to do, and will you please do that and let the public know because if you would if that would have been implemented, 
things would be even a lot better. And and that's all I had to say. Okay, thank you, Sam. Um, uh, Kevin, go ahead. How are you? Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hey, how you guys doing? How you doing, Mr. Mayor? Yeah. Hey, Kevin. Hey, hey, I can't say I think you probably are the most uh, accessible mayor in my lifetime. I feel like I see you three or four times a year. Uh, my, one of my questions concerns is food deserts over at 46208. Mm-hmm. Uh, they closed down the uh, 7-Eleven. Uh, Double Weight Food on uh, corner 29th and Martha Luther King, and they also closed down the Chase Bank that used to sit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I, I looked it up, and I think the last I seen, the only bank that was over in 46208 was uh, on Meridian over by Ivy Tech. I know Old National was trying to get a, a program together to have a black bank here. I was wondering, if, would that be a possibility, uh, Martin Luther King, to be one of the locations? And what can we do to get that uh, store back open to get get rid of uh, having the food desert over there? And my last thing is, uh, whenever you're having a meeting or you guys or your chief of police about uh, what's going on on MLK, I would love to sit in on that. Well, Kevin, thank you for the question. Late to um, uh, the uh, food insecurity that too many residents uh, face, which was, in, I know you understand, exacerbated by uh, the, the pandemic. Uh, we've done a couple of things that I hope uh, are, are making a continued uh, difference. The Community Compass app that connects all Indianapolis residents to any food options uh, that they uh, uh, may have available to them that they may not be aware of. We certainly encourage people to use that Community Compass app. We created our first ever food team in yeah. the Office of Public Health and Safety. Uh, and we have, that team has partnered with food banks throughout central Indiana uh, to deploy millions of money, uh, particularly during mm-hmm. the pandemic. But we, there's more work to do. And we're building capacity for uh, local uh, uh, grocers and local food options with uh, even more coming. And so we are committed to uh, using our outreach uh, and particularly the food and nutrition team at OPHS to help alleviate um, these these challenges because they they are all intertwined. When people uh, don't have sufficient food, uh, that uh, impoverishes them, yeah. impoverishes them, so, and uh, the root causes of poverty oftentimes you, uh, lead one to gun violence. So they're, they're inextricably linked. And yeah. that's the way we've tried to. So any, in, Mr. Mayor, any word on any specific areas being targeted, like this area first, this area second, or all, all of the areas that have food deserts? Because I think Kevin's question, uh, specifically regarding the, the MLK area where the bank was and where that uh, that Super 8 was, are there any particular target areas? 
Or now, are these efforts I, looking at all of the food deserts? We, we uh, I, I have charged our food uh, team, mm-hmm. our food and nutrition team, uh, to leave no stone unturned. Okay. Of course, okay. There, of course there are uh, neighborhoods and zip codes that have been more profoundly impacted. Yes. And, and they, by their very nature, would be among the top priorities. But, okay. Um, I, I have instructed them that uh, wherever food insecurity exists, mm-hmm. they need to be um, front and center and working with neighborhood residents, community groups, mm-hmm. Uh, to try to alleviate the problems uh, as quickly as we can. Lisa, go ahead. How are you? You have a question for the mayor? Yes, I do. Um, I know you're trying to go for another term, but my question to you is, if any of your law enforcement people, no matter if they got 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, and if they get in any type of trouble within a case or anything doing wrong in the past, are you going to hold them responsible for their wrongdoing? Well, generally speaking, uh, I'm proud of the transparency and the accountability measures that we uh, have introduced and implemented here in the city of Indianapolis. For, before I was mayor, and I think I'm accurate when I say this, uh, there was no use of force policy. Uh, that applied uh, to um, our law enforcement professionals, our first responders. There was uh, no use of force, and and there now is currently a use of force policy. There was no use of force review board that is civilian majority uh, that who are charged with the responsibility of reviewing any kind of use of force uh, by a police officer. Um, we, uh, our administration, have implemented body cams that didn't exist uh, before this administration. So I'm hoping that the totality of our commitment to transparency and accountability is making a difference in improving the relationship that the entire community has with our law enforcement professionals uh, and our law enforcement officials. And um, and I'm I, throughout the course of a, what would be a third term. Uh, I'm uh, I'm every bit as committed to continuing that movement because I think it's fundamentally movement in the right direction. So accountability in terms of if the police chief and and are, are you, I, I think maybe she's her question was will you stand behind um, the full accountability for officers that step outside the law. Well, yeah, and and I have to be a little careful here because okay. I, I can't talk about any individual incidents. Right. Uh, and, yeah. And and, and frankly, mm-hmm. um, oftentimes Tina and uh, I'm sure Lisa appreciates this as well. Uh, oftentimes, if there has been some kind of officer involved, um, right? There's there's legalities that have to. I, I understand. Well, I think she was just talking in general about what your stance is. You know, is there a tolerance for, um, you know, officers? And it sounds like you're saying the the transparency that the police department uh, and the community have come up with is is something you're standing behind. Is that fair? Well, 
Yeah, I okay. Think not, it, it's not only fair, Tina, but it's the first of uh, it, it's the first of its kind. As I said, yeah, our our general orders committee has now been made mm-hmm. civilian mm-hmm. majority. Our use of force review board is civilian majority, uh, and frankly, we've taken other steps to make the process as transparent. Now. Uh, each police officer has a right to due process. Yeah, we, we've, we've so, been we made understand you know, there's, that. There's, yeah. there's no immediate condemnation. Investigations are ongoing in those instances uh, where officers have been involved in shootings. Mm-hmm. And uh, whether that be criminal investigation or right. whether that be a, uh, a departmental investigation, uh, we will follow the facts okay. as the facts are developed. There you go, 317-239-1310. Our guest, uh, Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hoxett, seeking a third um, and final term as mayor for the city of Indianapolis here, taking uh, your your questions. Uh, if you do want to call in, please uh, keep your call in the form of a question, uh, and we'll get into uh, as many calls as we possibly can before the mayor has to take off. Ron, go ahead. How are you? Tina, you know I love you. Now i got to tell the mayor I love him and all of my brothers and sisters who are listeners you all know I love you. Mr. Mayor, thanks for the tax relief as a homeowner mm-hmm. here in the city. I think I got a check for whatever, but thank you so much for that. Mr. Mayor, uh, in your most recent commercial, you talk about your opponent. You mention abortion. I want to understand, I, I know the Democrats are basically against abortion. What are you as mayor of Indianapolis can specifically do don't say the word fight because I know you're going to say that. What can you do specifically to affect abortion laws? Well, this summer uh, we learned that our state now leads the nation in maternal mortality. Um, and our state's latest and most sweeping abortion restrictions, I think, will worsen that trend. So. Rather than characterize this necessarily as a political issue, I think it's as much a public health issue, uh, particularly when it comes to maternal and infant health. And and it's one thing to say, well, I promise that no IMPD resources will go towards upholding the ban, uh, but uh, I don't think that's enough. And you're going to hear me say, yes, as mayor, uh, I will advocate tirelessly uh, throughout our community and at the state house to reverse what I believe is a public health disaster and a policy uh, that impacts uh, women uh, throughout the community uh, in uh, oftentimes significant public health ways. And I cannot, as mayor, stand simply idly by and say, well, I can't do this unilaterally, mm-hmm. so I just won't do anything. I think the mayor has an obligation to stand up and speak out for the people, and that's what I intend to do. Uh, anonymous, uh, one question about the roads. Go ahead. Yes, hi. Thank mm-hmm. you for taking my call. I heard you when you were talking about the amount that is allocated for the roads. Now, I stay on the west side. Washington Street is awful when it comes down to the potholes. Mm-hmm. So, um, how do you determine what roads get fixed first um, when it comes to using the money? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Okay. That, that's a very good question, and I would answer it by saying, obviously, the Department of Public Works uh, and the engineers in the Department of Public Works 
are largely charged with the responsibility of uh, preparing a priority list. Obviously, if there's a problem uh, that exists immediately, uh, we will attempt to fill the pothole or we'll strip patch or we will do immediate road repair. Over the long run, though, because there are a lot of major thoroughfares and residential roads uh, that um, have been uh, uh, severely impacted by the winter weather, the freeze-thaw, freeze-thaw that we uh, experience in Indianapolis every winter. Uh, DPW uh, has a, a list, a priority list, that, you, that probably you can find on the DPW website um, to see not in an emergency situation. In an emergency situation, DPW and our street maintenance team is charged with the responsibility of getting out there and trying to resolve the problem, uh, you know, as as quickly as possible. Yeah. But in the long-term planning that we do in terms of road repair, whether that be major thoroughfares or residential streets, uh, there is a process that is headed up by our engineering by team. team at the Department of Public Works. Uh, final question, um, and let's see, anonymous. Yeah, we'll we'll take this final question. It has a question about food insecurity. Go ahead. How are you? Good. Good afternoon, Mayor. First and foremost, let me say I think that you're doing a fantastic job in the city. But I do have a question because I'm one of those people that's concerned about food insecurity. Mm-hmm. What's preventing the city of Indianapolis from opening up? grocery store stores in areas where there is food insecurity. I have to look at the downtown area. Mm-hmm. I understand that there's going to be a hotel that we will be paying for. As mm. Good question. What, what is preventing us from opening up a grocery store for these citizens to literally walk into and choose what products they need for their health, for their children, for the elderly? Yeah, that's my question. Good, good question. And you know, Mayor, the the city is involved in the hotel business now, uh, so to speak, financing it. Uh, can the city get involved in putting grocery stores in neighborhoods that need it? Well, we we are involved in in working with uh, supermarkets and grocery stores in in so many different neighborhoods uh, throughout uh, throughout the city, particularly those mm. that are in uh, dire need of. Uh, more immediate food access. Mm-hmm. Now, um, if the if the question is why doesn't the city uh, just simply build uh, twenty different uh, supermarkets or grocery stores in twenty different neighborhoods, that becomes a question of budgetary uh, availability uh, and funding. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we, I want to I want to reiterate to the caller that we as a city work very closely with food providers, grocery stores, um, and supermarkets uh, in neighborhoods throughout. Um, A good example uh, is uh, helping uh, support the opening up of a food market. Uh, I believe it's a Safeway. Uh, I could be wrong in that regard, but it's at uh, the Meadows, 38th and the Meadows. I remember ribbon cutting uh, a new uh, food uh, access uh, supermarket uh, in a a neighborhood that had gone for a long period of time with uh, Mm. not readily available food access. So we, we will continue to partner with supermarkets and grocery stores 
to open as many as is fiscally uh, r- responsible uh, for the citizens and the residents of Indianapolis. Yeah. Mayor, thank you so much. We have run out of time for our segment, uh, but we would love to have you back uh, at least one more time before the election um, and, um, you know, look forward to speaking with you again soon. Um, and thank you for sharing that news with us today. Yeah. Maybe we didn't know about it. Uh, maybe we did. I don't, I don't recall ever hearing that. But if you are elected to a third term, this would be uh, the final term. Um, a whole lot more to talk about before the election. So hopefully you can come back and talk with us uh, again before. Before the election, we'd love to have you back. I, I'd be happy to, Tina. All right. Thank you so much. Indianapolis Mayor Joe Hogsett, uh was our guest uh, the first segment. If you did not get your call in, I apologize. Um, we, we, we got quite a few in, though. We got quite a few in. We try to get as many in as we possibly can. Um, as you know, the time with candidates uh, is limited. So uh, we're going to have the mayor back as we will have his challenger back, um, Jefferson Shreve. Um, very quickly, before I, I, I take off here, i got to tell you a couple of things. We, we got another set of tickets uh, that we're going to give away right now. Uh, your chance to win two tickets to the Circle City Classic football game is right now. Text the word CLASSIC to the number 37890-37890. Uh, classic football game, September 23rd at Lucas Oil Stadium between Mississippi Valley State and North Carolina Central State, 3 o'clock. Good luck. Text the word CLASSIC to the number. Three, seven, eight, nine, zero. Uh, some surprising news very quickly. Yvonne Stokes, the first black superintendent of the Hamilton Southeastern School District, has resigned. Um, her resignation, which became official this morning, uh, comes after uh, a long, tense and controversial period uh, that has divided that community. Stokes uh, started her contract in July 2021. Um, she will be uh, resigning. Her resignation is effective immediately. She'll be, she's going to be paid for the remainder of her contract. Um, uh, the board unanimously approved the appointment of the assistant superintendent, Dr. Matt Kegley, as the interim. A nationwide search for a permanent replacement is underway. A whole lot more to get to um, with that, and we certainly will try to get into that, more on that tomorrow. Uh, right now, I'm going to leave you with a couple of encore segments from earlier in the week and from last week. Um, I have been told to stop talking and to rest my voice, uh, so that's what I'm going to do. It's supposed to do it for the next 24 hours, so I have to be quiet, uh, but we are going to have some encore segments for you to enjoy and we're going to dive in a little deeper to a couple of other things that have been uh, developing when we're back live tomorrow so enjoy the encore interviews i will see you all tomorrow raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participating mcdonald's for a limited time